<laughs> I've never had so much freaking fun talking about Ayurveda and pooping. Eventually, Hello, Culture Keepers. Welcome to You Are a Culture Keeper podcast. I'm your host, Deborah Ashe, multilingual musician, songwriter, and social justice aficionado. Today, my Culture Keeper guest is Taya Renee, host of Bone Keeper podcast and Ayurvedic practitioner and rhythm style roller skater. She's from Florida and Atlanta and now resides in sunny San Diego, California. Get ready to laugh a lot while you learn about the ancient healing art from India that allows you to figure out why you sleep, eat, and even poop the way you do and how to make that all run smoother. We unpack how doctors treat patients differently based on gender and race, and she shares how she healed herself and has taught others to gauge their own mental states including depression. Well, here we go. You comfy? I'm comfy. Yep. Taya is an Ayurvedic practitioner Mm -hmm. and roller skater. And that's my profession. Yes. Practitioner slash roller skater. For sure. Roller skating comes first. It does. Yeah. We we're probably going to have to get into the roller skating culture Um, because this is you are a culture keeper podcast And uh, we're going to talk about Ayurveda, for those of you that don't know what it is. And we may touch on massage as well, because you do that as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do you like my pun? We may touch on massage. Oh, it was very bad joke. It was unintended. Yeah. (laughs) So, Taya, tell us about ayurvedic massage and before we do that i just want to just set the stage of where we are right now it's a beautiful fall day here in san diego it's sunny and beautiful so tell us about ayurveda what is it who's it for where's it from so i'll give you my elevator speech i haven't done it in a long time okay um fair the staple is that Ayurveda is a body of science and a philosophy based off of the Vedic texts that are a million years old, but million it it's old thousands, Um, thousands, not millions, Um, but Ayurvedic medicine goes back about 5,000 years and it is traditionally Indian medicine from India, from India. Yes. Uh, In the way that there's Chinese medicine is the easiest thing for me to compare it to that has a likeness because people understand what Chinese medicine is. Some people do. Some people do. But we are in San Diego. (laughs) So no comment. It's so we've got Indian medicine and it's based off of the five elements. And through the five elements, you get the three doshas. So the five elements Mm -hmm. are air, ether, fire, water, and earth. Air, ether, fire, water, and earth. How are air and ether different? Because I don't, I don't know that. One is more tangible than the other. So ether is space, both if you think like, like astrology space mm. versus like the untangible space that is between us right now, mm. um, that which exists, but we can't actually feel. Mm. And then air is movement, wind, 
Mm-hmm. Right. And so you can feel the wind on your, on your skin. Mm-hmm. Um, so the air is just a little bit more tangible than space. Can I just interject something? Because don't you find it fascinating that so many of these ancient technologies around the world have information that the scientific method found thousands of years later, it's mm-hmm. just in a different vocabulary. Mm-hmm. You know, to me, what you're talking about is, you know, like, what science has discovered about, you know, quantum physics or about, you know, like how, how energy interacts with each other, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm not a quantum physicist. So, you know, I'm not saying it correctly, but the idea of, you know, atoms and the, in the interactions between each other, it's the periodic table Mm. because you have these actual elements that can't be changed, right? You have these atoms that are, that are structural, but they do exist as their own individual thing, but we need a collective of them to actually create mass. Mm-hmm. So like iron, mm-hmm. it exists on its own, mm-hmm. but it also exists in a bunch of different stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's the interesting part of it is the elements exist on their own, but everything in existence has all five in it. Five elements. Mm-hmm. Okay. And water is kind of like the prime example of that because water in its liquid state is water. Mm-hmm. And then fire is the heat that creates like fire in and of itself is transformation. The fire creates the transformation that puts it into air, mm-hmm. right? Because it dispels it into gas that then evaporates into ether. Mm-hmm. And when we freeze it, it becomes earth because anything that's solid is considered earth. Mm. But realistically, everything has all five elements in it, mm-hmm. um, except for the actual element that of itself. And then when you combine these elements together, we get the three doshas. Mm-hmm. And we have the three doshas because it creates on a simple level, like the archetype that allows us to talk constitutionally. And when I say constitutional, I mean, like like your unique constitution, Mm -hmm. that which makes you up, your expressions. Not we, the people. Right. Right. And it gives the practitioner an opportunity to sit down and have conversations that are like, you are a predominant, you are a pizza predominant individual. So, or in this moment, your vata is very high in the head. So it allows us to have a vocabulary that is a little bit more simplistic to explain what's going on. And to have an understanding that lets us actually um, relate with what's going on inside of our bodies. Mm -hmm. So Vata is air and ether. So can we backtrack before we go into that? Mm -hmm. So just to clarify, what I'm understanding is that Ayurvedic, would it be called medicine or Mm -hmm. Ayurvedic medicine is a way of looking at the body that's from the, the perspective of ancient Vedic texts from India. Yes. And it's still being practiced around the world today. And so it's a way of identifying different characteristics in the body that present themselves in our lives in different ways. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I have seen a couple of Ayurvedic practitioners in my life, but I'm such a beginner, but I do know like that what my dosha was identified as. So Mm -hmm. I'm really curious to hear your description so is it, is it still true? There are three different doshas mm-hmm. and what does dosha mean? It's like, I don't know. 
like to actually <laughs> give you a, like because the it's definition a, it's of a word that's hard to define because mm-hmm. it, it it's such a big description See right google has to say okay because i'm trying to think like i have not yet been able to figure out a word that translates as dosha it's like you need to understand what dosha means literally no one's ever asked me that before i'm sorry and no 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 don't apologize at all um and i'm sure at one point i have had to define yeah no the dosha okay so according to google a dosha in ayurvedic medicine each of the three energies believed to circulate in the body and govern uh, physiological activity but it's more than physiological. It is so much more. Okay. So, and we'll get into that. Okay, cool. Cause it kind of builds onto itself. So you have to understand that Ayurveda is a body of medicine, but more than that, it's a philosophy. Even more than that, it's the study of life. Area Veda means the study of life. Cause Veda is life. Everybody's mm-hmm. seen like pure Veda and all those other things. Pure Veda. Uh, uh-huh. Area is the study of Veda is life. So Ayurveda, it is the study um, of life, whether we talk on a biochemical level mm-hmm. or like the self, like it's a continual study of self mm. that for me and mm. how I work with my clients is the foundation of Ayurveda is to have the continual self study and to have the tools so that you can then look at what's going on and apply things to create balance. Right. Because that's what it all comes down to is how do we identify what's going on mm-hmm. and then what is it that we can do in our day-to-day lives to create balance so that we are living a life that we're thriving mm-hmm. living a life of wellness and not being stuck i'm gonna i'm gonna preface this with there's nothing wrong with western medicine if it wasn't for western medicine i wouldn't be alive mm. it's saved my life on several accounts yeah but it has taken a lot from me it has fallen short and Eastern medicine is what gave me my life back. Mm -hmm. So I'd be dead without Western medicine, but I was also kind of like left hanging in purgatory Mm -hmm. because when your bones heal, they're just like, Oh, you're fine. And that's how I came to find Ayurveda, but Mm -hmm. because of an accident you were in. Yeah. Yeah. So thank goodness you got through that and you were brought to this medicine. Yeah. So I am really curious to hear more about the three doshas. And I will just say really quickly, you know, there are some really amazing examples of how, for me, knowing about these three doshas, these three body types has really helped me to bring what you say balance to my life and like health to my life. And it's allowed me to notice, like I get overheated really easily, like in the summertime, like I'm not, I'm like a wilted flower. So once it gets over 90 degrees, um, 94 degrees is like my melting point. Um, I get overheated. And when I found out my dosha in Ayurveda, which we'll go into later, I'm pitta sharp and vata dry, I believe is what, how I was identified at the time. And I realized that I was always eating food that amplified the pitta and pitta is fire. Right. And so I was eating a lot of spicy foods and like Mm -hmm. ginger and garlic and onions and all these things that just increase pitta 
Right. And so, um, I had to have to be very conscious to like, not only hydrate extra, but water doesn't do enough for me. Like I have to make sure I'm drinking cooling things like coconut water and cucumber and watermelon and all these things that are really cooling. Live on cucumber. I live on coconut water in the summer. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I have to drink and mint. Yeah. I just like drink mint water. Right all summer long. Right. And then smoothies in the summer too. But then, and the reverse, if I eat that way in the winter time, that's not good for me. Like I need to make sure I have a little bit of fire in the belly or warmth in the belly in the first thing in the morning. So I make sure I always have warm tea, hot tea, Mm -hmm. or like oatmeal in the winter. I cannot start my day with a smoothie in the winter. Like that's just not good for my, my dosha. Mm -hmm. So Let's like share with people about these doshas because it's so fascinating. So it's interesting for me because there's the doshas and they're not, I don't talk about the doshas a lot with my clients. Mm. I I very much steer away from it Mm. and I'm very hesitant to tell my clients what their dosha makeup is, Mm. but we've got Vata, Vata, Pitta, and Kapha. Vata is air and ether. Pitta is fire and water and Kapha is water and earth. So Vata expresses, and I'm going to give you the most baseline stereotypical of like, if you were to go and search on the internet, Vata, what you're going to get, Mm -hmm. because it's, it's very simple, but it's also very complicated. So Vata being air and ether expresses itself as dry and light. And if you think about air, Mm -hmm. when a, when a cold wind hits your face, the it in of itself is light in nature. Mm-hmm. It's cold and it dries your skin out. Mm-hmm. That's Vata. It's movement. It governs our life force. Mm-hmm. It's what moves our blood. It's what actually moves our breath, moves our digestion. Mm-hmm. And it expresses itself as your taller, thin friend that loves to eat kale and do yoga that eats the crunchy foods and they're prone to anxiety. They mm-hmm. are quick to learn but quick to forget mm. when it is imbalanced, they can be that airy, fairy, floaty ADHD bounce around. We've all got one of those friends. <laughs> I could be that friend sometimes. Yes. Mine is the kale and yoga, the cat you got to herd. And then, <laughs> and that's like, if you were just Vata and nobody is just Vata, or just Pitta. Right. And then Pitta is fire and water, mm-hmm. which, Yay. yep. So that does express in fiery. Yep. Fire. Uh, um, that bigger, bolder, your type A's, your entrepreneurs, your CEOs. Um, they have a lot of chutzpah. They have a lot of motivation. These are your CrossFit Cha-ching. medium builds, um, easy to gain weight, easy to lose weight. They kind of live in that middle, very determined, sharp with their mind, sharp with their words. Mm. They tend to be hot-headed. They tend to be irritable. Mm. Uh, they can get <laughs> hangry. Oh yeah, hangry. Mm-hmm. What's that? Um, <laughs> they live more on the opinionated side. Oh, mm-hmm. um, That's why think, we start podcasts, bitches. Yes. Like, <laughs> I'm like, think Scorpio, Taurus. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're they're get or done people. Um, See it, do it. And then you have Kafa. And kapha has oh, such a heart. stigma. I love kapha. In America, everybody's like, kapha's fat. And I don't want to be kapha. And I am kapha. I am kapha pitta. And I've had mm, to really have I a great understanding kaffas. of what kapha is. Yeah. 
Kafa's juicy. Kafa's like that compassion and that love. They imbalanced can be sticky, right? Because they're water and earth, which makes mud. When they're when they're in imbalance. When they're not balanced. When they're not balanced. Okay. Not in balance. When they're not balanced. When they're not. Okay. Sorry. (laughs) Just clarifying. Um, they can have a tendency towards jealousy and stickiness. They do love to sleep. They Mm. sleep well. Like vatas have a hard time getting to sleep. Kafas can sleep anywhere. They are your like big, beautiful, brown eyed, like wonderful cheeked smooth they'll never have a wrinkle because mm. they, they have the oil yes got um, that beautiful skin y'all it is a bigger body type and they do gain weight easier and have a harder time losing it mm. but kapha a true kapha is not only big they're big boned and they have a big frame so they can actually like carry that it's that curvy voluptuous juicy big hips like mm. Mm-hmm. it's it's juice mm-hmm. um so yeah kapha gets a bad rap but i think kapha's fantastic oh i just want to say a couple more things about kapha like kapha people in my experience are so sincere they're sincere and big-hearted mm-hmm. and just like wear their heart on their sleeves you know and like just very passionate in a really juicy, almost slightly quieter way. Like Pitta people, mm-hmm. we're passionate too, but we're very like in your face about it. Like, I want to uh, now, I want to go out and dance. I want to, you know, let's we're, do this. We're boiling water. Ooh. Boiling water is loud. Fire and water. Yeah. Right. We get that, that, that there is Steamy. a stickiness to Pitta, mm. but like fires are not timid. Mm. They're not tame. They are hot. They are sharp. They cause destruction. Mm. Well, I like to be a warm hearth. So this is the thing. This over time. Not everybody is one thing. So you can have somebody who (laughs) is a high vata expression in their body shape with the dry skin, prone to constipation, um, with lots of wrinkles, insomnia, insomnia, and have big, beautiful brown eyes, mm-hmm. and maybe a little bit of a thicker bone, and still they can have that kapha heart mm-hmm. and a little bit of like the pitta determination. It, it's it's all a balance, right? Some people are like pitta, like you're like seventy five percent pitta, and you know twenty percent vata and five percent kapha. Yeah, I'm on the higher side of like my primary is pitta and then very close is my, my kapha. Mm. So I have to work to keep that kapha in check. And then like that is down here for me. Mm. I don't really do, you know, if I don't eat, I get scatterbrained. Mm. But. So the doshas are wonderful and fantastic. And it's like the, mm-hmm. the poppy trendy Ayurvedic, what's your dosha? Like everybody mm-hmm. wants like books have been so many books have been written about like, what's your dosha. Mm-hmm. And then there's dosha specific diets. And, and what you get is these pittas that never eat spicy food. Mm, ever. I love spicy food. I can't, and I can't avoid it. And so you just have to learn how to eat it properly. This is where the like gunas this. come in. Yes. Like a shot. <laughs> the, the, the gunas are the attributes. Oh. Gunas is, is that mm. like, which describes is, is what it's that which describes like it's the attributes it's 
It's the adjectives. So is that like the sharp, dry? Is that mm-hmm. what I'm talking about? Because it's, I never understood that part. I was like, all right, I'm pitta, pitta sharp, vata dry. What the heck does that mean? So there's 10 pairs of opposites. And I can't always remember all of them. But okay. the concept is basically that you have hot and cold. You have dry and wet. You have clear and sticky, cloudy. You've got um, subtle and, and gross, meaning that you have like, Subtle and gross, like big, like, yeah. Like the word gross in, in German means right. big. Yeah. yeah. Um, or just like mass. Um, like a potato is gross and a glass of water is subtle. Okay. Right. Like delicate. Right. Almost. Okay. When it's uh, to have subs, like more substance. substance. Okay. Um, like mass sharp and dull fast and slow. Ah, that would be like the pulse. What sharp and dull? No, fast and slow, fast and slow. What's your thought process like? Oh, right. How, how is your heart beating? How fast can you pass a bowel? Are you sitting on the toilet for 20 minutes reading a book because you have that Vata type constipation or you have like a heavy sticky kapha or like, do you have to go? You have to go. You have that pizza heat that's trying to get out. Mm. So this is where those start to come in. This is where I'm like, no comment. <laughs> We talk about poop a lot and everybody's like, after like three or four sessions, so people come in and they're like, I started pooping again. And yeah, they get really excited. Um, That's good. Good for them. Healthy bowels. You, you can tell a lot from your bowels. We'll just put, keep it at that. So when someone comes in, they want to know their dosha. But what I want to know is a lot of people come in, they talk to me about anxiety. And so I'm like, well, there's pizza anxiety. Vata anxiety and cough anxiety. Ooh, let's hear about so, this. So that's where I'm like, what, like explain your anxiety yes, to me. Yes. Okay. Is it, is it worry? Vata? Is it anger based? Pitta? Is it jealousy based? Kapha? Mm. Do you have mm. disorganized, scattered, racing thoughts, Vata? Or do you have that loop ruminating that, that ruminating loop pitta that's so me <laughs> so me pitta there's so oh there's, my god it's so hard okay yes so we'll so go on that's why i ask these questions and the kapha there's the kapha one i mean i feel like kaphas don't really deal with too too much anxiety they're more in the de- hearts they're more in the de- like depression Aww. slower okay that's fascinating though you guys this goes so deep like mm-hmm. you're like how we identify like there are, I, I know amazing people in my life who identify as depressive mm-hmm. and it, what if it's just an imbalance in their kapha? Oh, hundred percent. That's freaking mind blowing. And so, and this is where it gets really frustrating because so people that suffer with depression, right. We tell them all the time or we, the general thing is like, well, why don't you just go, go for a run? Why don't you just go to the gym? Yeah. And it's, it's like, so well, hard. It's so had the power to get out of bed and go for a run. I wouldn't be so, depressed. Yeah. It's so not compassionate, but you can start really slow because if you, and that's again, the conversation, is it lethargic, heavy, can't get out of bed, depressed, mm. like that true mm. melancholy depression mm. or is it the over exhausted can't find my motivation depression mm. because if it is that true heavy depression and, and kapha is heavy mm-hmm. heavy sticky yeah. um this blanket's kapha it's soft it keeps me warm i want to like it's kind of weighted mm, like this is. is kapha it's so good cozy and, and i don't i don't think i have much kapha uh 
in my balance. So this is good for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Especially in fall, fall is governed by Vata. Mm -hmm. So we want to do those things that nourish our Kapha and keep our Vata from rising. So like scarves, hats, things like that. Warm soups, Mm -hmm. um, layering in clothes, Mm -hmm. not being out when it's super windy, not exposing your neck to the wind is really important. Mm -hmm. Not drinking smoothies or cold drinks. It is not the time of year for spirulina. It is the time of year for not quite like your heavy pot pies and cheesecakes yet. That's more a little bit on the tail end, but starting to eat your spiced, like pumpkin spice exists for a reason right now. Right. So that's, if you look at fall being governed by Vata, it is a dry, windy, light, variable time of year, especially in San Diego. Yes. It is freezing cold at night windy and freezing, folly in the quote, morning free it's 55 degrees <laughs> freezing cold at These night east coasters are hating on us right now <laughs> um so you've got this dosha governing a time of year that is making everyone a little bit more space cadet or oh, drier we're colder okay. that the variability right of like having it be cold at night and hot it's winter at night and summer during the day here yeah that variability is not really good for like mental health. Okay. And so that variability can make us all kind of feel like a little unbalanced, ungrounded, a little psychotic, maybe. Um, Pumpkin is, it's nourishing. It's heavy. Uh It has lots of moisture in it and fiber in it. Okay. So when we eat pumpkin, we're counteracting the dry, the light, Um, the, even like sometimes the wind can be a little sharp. Yeah. And this is like soft and dull pumpkin is kapha increasing. Mm. So we're increasing kapha right now. Mm. So that's why it's so crazy. Like the more that you learn about it, it's like, oh, that's why we eat the way we do fall squash or winter squash in the winter. And well, and uh, the other deeper piece to that is that you know, if we eat with the seasons, if we eat what's growing naturally mm-hmm. in the environment where we're living, then that is going along with uh, nature's intention for what's best for our bodies, mm-hmm. you know? So it's, it just so happens that many pe- many healing um, practices around the world have noticed these things, mm-hmm. you know? So I'm gonna pull my little soapbox out. Yeah. Um, because it's not even a notice. They had no other choice back in the day. Mm-hmm. My soapbox is stop shopping the godforsaken grocery stores. Oh, here we go. And go to your local farmers markets. And if you live in an area where the farmers markets shut down in the winter, be conscious about what you're buying in the grocery store. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't be eating certain things in the winter. So no dragon fruit in the winter. No dragon fruit. No in the light winter. cheese maybe a little bit less of your lighter greens. It's, it's a time like for root vegetables. Salads, like not so many salads. Not, no, salad is arugula? not a food. Is arugula okay? That's a spring summer food. Okay. And, and so this is like all to be taken with a grain of salt. This right. is all to be done in moderation. If you eat one salad in the winter, it's not going to kill you. No. And it's not going to screw up your digestion. It's better than McDonald's. Oh, better Good, better, best is my favorite game to play with my clients. But that's, so you did say one thing about um, like keeping your hearth warm 
My and I hearth. Your hearth. Your My hearth. hearth. <laughs> tomato, tomato. Um, hearth, hearth, hearth. hearth um, is something that's a common misconception is that our digestion is weak in the winter because it's cold out. Uh, our digestion is weak in the summer because it's hot out. Oh, and it is strong in the winter because it's cold out. So mm. your body is an amazing organism that is incredibly intelligent. We have such a high degree of innate wisdom inside of us that we, I'm going to say the general we, because there are more people that are asleep than are awake still. Mm. So many people fail to recognize we already have all the answers inside of us. We mm. just need to tap into that intuition mm. and wake up that inert intelligence. We, we have it. Um, but In, inert or innate, 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 innate. You can't, I, you can't trust me. I'll be the word. Words. I'll yeah. be the, I'll be the, the editor. I'm sorry. No, it's, I used to, I, in high school, I was the editor of this the paper. I, I need it, but I was not good at following through. So I actually stepped down from the position. I was like, I'm good with words, but I suck at follow through. So let's, I, I, I apologize. I'll, I'll clarify your, to your, your vocabulary is so beautiful though. Thank I love you. playing with it. You know what? Well, I whacked my head really hard about seven or eight years ago. And so I screw my words up sometimes, but you know, I totally identify with that because, um, growing up bilingual and then learning in that third language, like imagine it's so confusing sometimes, especially when the words are really similar and like that, I totally understood why you said inert instead of innate because the words are very similar. Like Mm -hmm. they're spelled almost exactly the same English language. The English language is so. Could you imagine growing up somewhere? Poetry. Oh, I'm so grateful to have learned English as a first language Mm -hmm. because it is a hard language. Mm -hmm. There's all these rules that they break. Somebody grammar on Instagram. That was like, if you could, you imagine learning the English language as an adult as a second language and coming across the word yacht and not giving up. (laughs) (laughs) Yacht. Yacht. And you're like, what do I do with this word? <laughs> okay, so back to the summer and winter. Yes. And the intelligence of the innate inert intelligence of our body. Mm. <laughs> when it's hot outside, your 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 blood will carry the heat from your organs and push it out to the surface of your skin. We all know this, it's sweating. Uh-huh. And our body does this because if we don't, we overheat. Uh-huh. And, and so it keeps our organs cool and it keeps our organs from cooking themselves. We are meat creatures and we can be cooked. Mm. We don't want that. So in the winter, it's like, a, yeah, <laughs> we're good old meat creatures in the winter. It's the name of my next <laughs> like strip club. I'm going to just open a strip club called meat creatures. Meat creatures. It's going to be both. It's all genders. It's open to everyone. It would do so well here. We're going to have a raw food bar inside. We're going to serve carpaccio. So winter. (laughs) I've never had so much freaking fun talking about Ayurveda and pooping. This is amazing. This is why I love it. Okay. So in, in the winter, it's cold out. If your body continued to disperse the heat inside of you and push it out to the, to the surface of your skin, Mm. you would freeze. Mm. So it steals all of the heat from the surface and it burrows it deep down in, keeping your internal organs heat, pulling that heat from the skin down, Mm. which is why we get colder in the winter. It's why we actually shiver because our muscles contract to keep us warm. Mm -hmm. 
because of that, we have so much heat that that's concentrated around our organs that we have a higher degree of fire. It's easier for us to digest our food and we can digest heavier foods. It doesn't take as much energy to break down that heavy piece of steak or that heavy cheesecake or that heavy mm. cookie because we already have so much potential energy built up. Amazing. So we can have more Christmas cookies mm-hmm. or Hanukkah cookies and then or niches when spring happens spring is the hardest transition for me not for everyone some people love it fall is really hard for others because i have high kapha to get out of winter and into summer where i already have such high pizza the winter is such a relief for me Mm. but my kapha gets high and i do kind of start to get lazy and tired and happy and fat and then spring comes in it is so important to detox. And if you look at what's happening, Mm. go back to like ancient, 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 ancient times, our, our reserves of meat, cheese, and root veggies is starting to disappear so much so that we might actually have to fast for a couple days. Mm. And now we're eating the first few things that are starting to bud from the ground. And these are going to be the lighter leafy greens, Mm. the dandelion root, and leavers yep and chickweeds Mm. and your microgreens Mm. it's a lot of light leafy greens sprouts light scrapey dry bitter and that's cleaning the Uh intestines Mm -hmm. okay uh uh, lakinus is what we call them what don't worry about that it's sanskrit i'm not pronouncing it right but lakinus um it's light and scrapey and Mm. it a lot of these things cleanse our liver, which gets bogged down in the winter from all these heavy foods. Right. And it's just, I, I, I'm constantly amazed when I look at how simple everything is mm. and how much we've overcomplicated it Yeah. because we want to have apples 24 yeah. seven and bananas all year long and grapefruit, which like grapefruits uh, uh, right now, citrus. Mm. is in season I don't know how it became a summer fruit mm. citrus is in season in the fall mm. for the beginning of cold season right yeah is it one of those fruits that needs a cold snap like persimmons do mm-hmm. in order to ripen yeah that's what I thought it, it they too much cold will kill them right they, freeze they don't like a freeze right, right. but that increase of the vitamins, the nutrients, the citric acid, and everything that citrus has in it, mm. we start to eat in abundance in the fall mm. to boost our immune system. Right, with all that vitamin C yeah. and the the quercetin and the the pith that I hear the white part it's of so citrus is so good for you. It's full of something else too. Is it folic acid? Mm-hmm. And yep. folic acid, you guys, I'm learning is so incredibly good for you. Mm-hmm. It's also good for um, helping to fight HPV, which I've uh, learned that 80% of the population is exposed to um, and has an HPV episode at some point in their lives. And I'm going to do a whole another um, episode on just that topic alone, because it's such an epidemic in, in this society. Well, probably in the world, but, um, that's terrifying. It's really scary. And they only test 
women for it once a year, if you are diligent enough to go and get your annual, you know, cervical exam, also known as a pap smear. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, my campaign is that that should not be put into the hands of women only. It should also be, uh, men should also be tested um, at least annually. And it's so easy to test just an, uh, mm-hmm. a swab, you know? And uh, I think men are afraid of getting swabbed. Well, um, <laughs> it's a urine test. And I think you, that you, I haven't researched this, but I imagine there's an oral swab that you can do as well because HPV is passed orally as well. So folic a- acid is really good for that for treating that um, as, as part of a protocol for treating it. And don't believe doctors when they say that it will go away on its own and that it's, you know, not really treatable. Um, don't, don't, don't end with that um, discussion. So um, that's something that's very treatable. It, you have to be diligent with your health, but it's very treatable. I, to bounce off of that, something that's really important for me to share is yeah. that don't let your doctors tell you anything is the end all be all. Yes. Thank you. If that was the case, so many people would be stuck in a cycle. You, if there's one thing you take away from this entire thing, this conversation, you have control of your health. Yeah. You are an autonomous human being and it is your right to have control over what's happening to you in your body, mm-hmm. end of story. I don't care what it is that we're talking about. If it's vaccinations, if it's consent, if it's that you want an ultrasound for whatever reason. And I will share a quick story. Yeah. I have a friend who for the past six months has been complaining to his doctors about how he just has been short of breath. And he, he feels like there's something in his lung. Wow. And all, nobody, all of his doctors, like they've done blood tests, they haven't found any markers. So they haven't actually done anything. Mm -hmm. And he was begging for an ultrasound or an MRI. He, um, his wife gave birth and they ended up having to have an emergency C-section. So Mm -hmm. they went into the hospital. There was an outbreak of COVID at the time. So the whole family caught COVID, but thank God, because they thought he had post COVID syndrome everybody else was getting better. He wasn't, they went into a different doctor, explained what was going on. He explained that he, he, he just felt this thing that has been happening prior. Nobody would give him an MRI. And she was like, you know what? Um, because of COVID, all of these different things can happen. Let's give you an MRI. He had a pulmonary embolism, a freaking pulmonary embolism. You can die from that at any moment. Instantaneously. And they put them on blood thinners and everything, but that's like, first off, not a rare story. That's like one of so many stories I've heard. Yeah. I have a friend that just went through surgery to get a form of birth control removed from her that there are hundreds of people, hundreds of thousands of people suing this birth control company. And she's had it in her body for three years, more than she now has an autoimmune disorder. She, her life has been debilitated. She's been begging. Do you mind sharing which um, brand it was for people that might have? It was an experimental. Um, it's a small thing that gets sewn into the uterus. So it's not like an IUD or anything like that. Okay. I don't know what this thing is actually called. Is it hormonal based then? 
It's, or is it a, like a, a interrupter? It's an interrupter. Okay. Um, it has a hormone that's supposed to, for the first couple months, like irritate the skin around it right. so that it creates scar tissue so that um, it doesn't move. Oh, okay. But it never stopped. So it, it buzzes inside. Right. And it didn't stop moving. And so now there's oh all of these women God. that are suffering from these autoimmune, like, because they don't stop moving. Right. So their body is constantly. So being the device is programmed to stop moving after a certain period of time. Right. So yeah, you guys, the point is, yeah, you, you, you have Please trust your intuition. Please right. trust your body. Your body knows so much more than our brains know. So like when we have an intuition about something, please follow it. And I will share very briefly. I, had an intuition that I had Lyme's disease in 2009. I was bit by a tick in 2008. I did not have a bullseye rash. I didn't have anything that would indicate visually that I had Lyme's disease. I got tested in 2009 <clears throat> because my intuition told me to. And they found that I did indeed have a low grade you know, Lyme's disease. Um, but because I had been treating a secondary infection with antibiotics, three courses of antibiotics, and it still wasn't handling the, uh, uh, the secondary infection that was going on for me. Um, I'll just share with you guys. It was UTIs. It was, um, urinary tract infections that I kept getting. And mind you, I used to work at a health clinic for women. So I knew proper hygiene and, I didn't have a new partner or anything like that. There was nothing different going on in my life. I'm, I'm dropping things over here. Um, but um, I, I, I went in and, and, and they found low, low amounts of limes in my body. And I'm going to just say, even with those low amounts of limes, I was suffering from depression. I was forgetting people's names that I had known for 10 years. And I am really good with names. You know, um, I was crying almost every day, but then I was in a, a program where I was um, studying to be a therapist and I was in a master's program and they said, oh yeah, well, stuff will come up. Like, I'm just saying, like I was studying capoeira at the time I was, you know, Brazilian martial art artist. Um, and, uh, we were doing a lot of cartwheels and flips and things like that. And I would just get dizzy and people would be like, Oh, just train harder. Like, I'm just saying there are so many messages that we receive, like, Oh, it's all in your head. And, you know, amplify like the story you told, uh, the first story was about a guy, mm -hmm. right. Where he was begging to have the MRI or the, you know, sonogram or ultrasound or anything, anything just, just to anything. check out what was going on with his lungs. Right. So amplify that. If you're a female, mm -hmm. the statistics are out there. You can look them up uh, of, you know, women begging for proper care and their doctors denying them. Amplify that. If you're a person of color, amplify mm -hmm. that if you're transgender. So I'm just saying like, I really appreciate you bringing up the, that point because it, these, these, um, different healing modalities around the world are so powerful because they remind us of our innate healing. There's that word again, it's the word of the day. Um, and, uh, and really truly like listen to your intuition. And that's one case where my ruminating pitta mind really came in mm -hmm. handy because my, my rumination was like, go get tested for limes, go get tested for limes, go get tested mm -hmm. for limes. And I put it off for months. By the time I got tested, it was 
really bad. And that was still considered a low grade. You know, I had so many things going on. I didn't get the night sweats that most people get. I was having to sleep like 10 hours, nine to 10 hours a night or, and then like two or three hour nap during the day, or I would be dangerous to be driving. Like it was rough. It was so rough. And we treated it with supplements, standard process, pharmaceutical grade supplements. At one point I was taking 60 vitamins a day. 60, like a handful of vitamins. Like I had to buy like pill organizers, like an old lady, you know? And like, I know you want to say something. I apologize. That's, yeah. Lyme's, Lyme's disease. Yeah. Cambo. What? Cambo. What's Cambo? Uh, the, um, I don't want to say frog. It's, fro- it's, it's frog venom. It's frog medicine. That's what works for it. Cambo, man. You, oh, you, K-A-M-B-O. Yep. Oh, yep. I know a lot a of people that, that manage their Lyme's disease with Cambo by just doing a couple dots quarterly. So you do it four times a year. Incredible. Um, if you have Lyme's disease, look into Cambo, try to find somebody in your area yeah. that is reputable and has, um, a good ethical. Yeah. I mean, this quality. is what we've heard, you know, like we can't do, re- do your we research. Can't, we can't give out medical advice. Right? right. But we can say what we have heard. Some people have be very effective. And I'm using myself as an example of what worked for me. And I worked with my chiropractor at the time in Oakland, who is amazing. I hope to have her on the show at some point. She's an incredible woman. Um, Dr. Jamila Nayon in um, Oakland at balance point chiropractic and Um, yeah, we knocked out the Lyme's disease within three months. I was able to wean myself off of antidepressants that I was on before I was, you know, uh, before I figured out what the root of the depression was at the time. Um, but Lyme's disease is one of those things that they tell you that once you get, you get no, and you have forever. No. And I have friends who have Lyme's disease and they're, they, they think they live within that narrative. No. And I keep, and it's really frustrating. And a lot of it is what you tell, if you tell yourself every day that this is, this is what the rest of your life is going to be like, then you are speaking that into existence. Yes. And we have to be careful with that because, uh, my case was milder than other people's cases. So I didn't have it for as long as other people have. So I, you know, I do want to say, and I know, you know, this because Mm -hmm. you and I have talked about health, like pretty much every day we see each other, but, um, we never want to, um, you know, blame the victim or the host. Right. Right. But, um, I can personally attest to, I chose, I was scared as hell. You guys, I'm going to just be honest. I was really scared, but, uh, I was so grateful to have my um, practitioner that I worked with very closely, I was her first Lyme's patient. She tests all of her Lyme's, or she tests all of her patients now for Lyme's. Um, and she found six other clients at that time that also had Lyme's and was able to like turn their lives around and heal them. So in my case, I had full recovery. And as far as I know, all of her clients have had full recovery. Um, it wasn't as expensive as some of the other doctors that, um, you know, were charging $300 a visit, you know, and some of those visits are 30 minutes, not even a full hour, mm-hmm. you know, um, she was very affordable. She was under a hundred per visit. It cost me a lot of money though. 
in, in the end between all the supplements and everything. So I just want to speak to that too. Not everyone has access to that level of healthcare. Mm -hmm. And I'm very grateful. What I wound up doing is I dropped out of my master's program and I spent the rest of my budget on my health. Mm -hmm. That's what I had to do because my health was more important to me than anything else. I knew if I didn't have my health, what the hell did I have? <laughs> like, how can you have a life? How can you be a therapist if you don't have your health, you know? So that was the choice I personally made. Mm -hmm. um, so I just really appreciate you bringing that up. Like an Ayurveda, Ayurveda is such a beautiful way to give people the tools to have ownership over their own bodies and to listen to their, their own health, mm -hmm. you know? And that's my goal is to always, I want to do my best to help my clients learn how to take care of themselves, to yeah. give them, the, to give them their power back. That used yeah. to be my old slogan is yeah. the helping you, helping you get your power. Yeah. It's important that nobody writes your narrative for you yes. that we get to take our control back and decide if I decide I'm going to lay down in bed and die, that's my prerogative. I get to decide that. But if I also decide that I'm going to stand up and fight and somebody's telling me, well, this isn't a fight worth fighting. It's going to be so much harder. Mm -hmm. I it, it's to have the support mm -hmm. and to help people understand mm -hmm. that whatever it is that you desire and want out of life, you can get. Mm -hmm. And that sounds like huge and grandiose, right? But I have an autoimmune disorder and I've lived a life where I woke up every day sick. Mm -hmm. I couldn't survive two to three hours without taking a nap. Mm -hmm. Didn't know what was wrong with me. Anything I ate in or out one end or the other, it, my life, I didn't have like a, a depressed as mm -hmm. I could. And I wasn't suffering from depression because I had depression. I had depression because my life sucked. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a really important thing to also note is that sometimes we have depression because we're suffering. Right. And right. life is depressing. Right. And I went from doctor to doctor to doctor and they put me on antidepressants and they were like, well, you're manifesting these symptoms. <sighs> that's some bullshit. And nobody like listened to me. Oh. And I worked with a naturopath that put me on a bunch of supplements and I started to get better. And then I moved to Atlanta, uh, Asheville and I made friends with Rachel and she was like, I'm going to school for Ayurveda. Do you want to be a practice client? <clears throat> she was a student learning. It didn't even have the same amount of knowledge that my teachers do. Mm. And the amount of change that she made in my life, yeah. I was like, oh my God, what is this? And the next year I applied and went to that program. To, to study Ayurveda. To study Ayurveda. That's beautiful. Because it wow. changed my life. I just got chills. And she put me on an herbal supplement of like, I think it was like turmeric, um, maybe Bumi Amalaki and cardamom. Mm. Really, I know you guys don't know what Bumi Amalaki is. It's fine. But like real basic stuff. One, one formula. Took it once a day. It wasn't expensive. Mm. And then she taught me... Mm what the 12 pairs of opposites were and mm -hmm. how to eat within them wow. and how to listen to my body. And I started to get better. It's such powerful and extremely simple stuff. Wow. And if you are stuck in a position where you don't have a lot of money and you know that something's wrong, yeah. don't let that stop you. Mm -hmm. Go talk to people. I work on a sliding scale. Everyone I know works on a sliding scale. There are people out there who 
are not in this, we have got to pay our bills, right? but that have the wanting to actually help people. And if I know if my sliding scale slots are full, Mm -hmm. I will put you into the care of someone that I know has the time. So Mm-hmm. reach out. Cause we want, we want to help people. Yeah. We want to teach. We want to educate. We want to see you get better. Yeah. Like that's, that's what we got into it. Yeah. So the person you're referring to Rachel, tell, um, tell me her last name, because I know you interviewed her for your podcast mm-hmm. bone keeper. So, um, just share a little bit about, about how people can get in touch with you and her. So, Rachel Jamison's one of my best friends. Her and I moved out here together and she to runs San to San Diego. Yep. We met in Asheville. Um, she runs her practice. Uh, she's a little bit more North and she's fermented Ayurveda. She is six months pregnant right now. So mm-hmm. if you reach out to her, it might take a while to hear back from her, mm-hmm. but she is a phenomenal healer and she's not what you would, she's different than what you would think. Um, what am I trying to say? Her practices are just different. She meets you where you're at. Some of the things that she's going to have you do might seem a little crazy, Mm. but she's phenomenal in what she does. Um, and then you can find my stuff through hand and soul. My Instagram is hand and soul SD. I take private one-on-one clients, both in the office and online, Mm -hmm. um, for Ayurvedic counseling and coaching, herbal protocols. And then I also do body work. Mm-hmm. I do Ayurvedic based body work, like nausea services, um, which is oil in the nose to clean out the sinuses, which is great for this time of year and congestion. Mm-hmm. And then I do therapeutic massage for athletes. I uh, have to do a lot of pregnancy massage, mm-hmm. but it's all everything that we do. It's com- com- a combination of all of the different things that we've learned. Mm-hmm. So I always feel like, like, it's so hard to explain what it is that I do because you can't sum it up. Like I'm so much more than a massage therapist or an Ayurvedic practitioner Mm -hmm. because this, what I provide is not singular. Mm -hmm. How do you say like, well, I do body work and energy work. And I also do a little bit of coaching and counseling and journal prompting and yoga. And and it's, 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 yeah, but you're a full balanced, big picture person. Mm -hmm. And you're like, that's, that's why we were drawn to each other. Mm -hmm. You know, um, we didn't even get into roller skating stuff yet. Um, but that is a whole different world. Yeah. I mean, you're a dynamic human and, um, I wanted to ask you to share a little bit more about your podcast too because it's so beautiful. You and I have been, you know, supporting each other with, you know, coming up in that world. And I just want to have you share a little bit more about your story behind it. I know it's in your trailer, but Mm -hmm. I just, I think your story is really, really touching. And I think a lot of people can relate to feeling pigeonholed. And I think it's so great what you just said. It's like, you can't be boxed in, you know, like you're there's, I think we're all in a new place in our lives. Like we can all feel the turning of the tides where we're all going from specializing to like on a global scale, there's more and more um, understanding and inspiration to integrate different modalities and create 
like like almost like a third chemical from the two you know mm-hmm. different modalities that we can put together we're all alchemists right now you know mm-hmm. that's a friend of mine their company is called living alchemy ayurveda because it is it's like alchemy that's cool there's a lot of importance in meshing all of the modalities because there is no one be all there's no one holy grail we need a little bit of everything it's like systems theory yeah so tell us more about the podcast so bone keeper is the podcast that i'm working on right now is it plural or singular singular bone keeper okay um and I chose the name because of you, hmm. because you came over to my house and you noticed that I have all of my beautiful animals, your bones, all of my bones. And I told you just the stories of how like they've kind of come to me throughout the life. And you mm-hmm. were like, you're a bone keeper. And so I did some research into what that meant and just how it sat with me. And yeah. it felt like this collection of stories, but I had an idea of kind of what I wanted my podcast to be. And my life especially for the past 10 years has really been focused on letting go of the parts of myself that don't serve me and don't belong to me so that I can be my authentic self. And like we were talking the other day, the more I step into my authenticity, the more I start to see like that really happy child that existed when I was young before people started telling me the way I was supposed to be Mm. Um, Mm. because I was a really happy, really loud, creative child that loved to talk, that had a lot of self-expression and a lot of opinions. And I'm sure if people met me today, they're like, what are you talking about? You're still loud and full. (laughs) Um, Thank God. And a lot of that didn't, it, it, (laughs) the people that cared about me thought that they were helping me. Mm by nudging me and telling me that like, well, you shouldn't talk to strangers because that's not safe. And, you know, maybe don't tell so many people so much about you. Or I had a stepdad once be like, well, if you can tell me in 10 seconds, then you can share the story, which instilled, I would come home and be like, can I tell you what happened at school today? And he'd be like, can you tell me in 10 seconds? Because I talked too much to him. To, he, he couldn't listen enough. Right. He, was he like, didn't have the bandwidth to listen. Correct. And yet he, instead of taking ownership of that, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, that's a form of gaslighting and mansplaining. Mm-hmm. Bless his heart. I don't know the guy, but that's an example of it. And that's, so what ends up happening is as I grew up, I thought that the things I had to say weren't important. And I started speaking less. I started speaking my mm-hmm. mind less which then made me angry because I didn't feel heard. Right. So I'm having to, as an adult now, reparent myself and relearn that I have worth and I have importance. The thing I, the things I have to say have value Mm -hmm. that my presence has value. And there's, um, there's something going around on Instagram right now that it's, I'm not intimidating. You are intimidated by me. Exactly. Exactly. You're I don't, not ready to show up in your own life yet. Yep. I don't take up too much space. Yes. It's that you're too used to diminishing your own energy. Yes. To make room for people around you. I'm not going to live those lives anymore because, because you are uncomfortable being around somebody who is living out of their own confidence. Yeah. I have to turn my light down. No, I'm not doing it anymore. Yeah. No more fawning. And so the podcast is about 
the journey that I've been on, I'm, I'm bringing in a lot of people that have directly helped me and worked with me and friends who have stories that they can share about their experiences Mm -hmm. of what it is that we've done to start to shed Mm -hmm. these different layers that don't belong to us Mm -hmm. or these stories that were given to us that have encouraged us to be somebody else. For me, that expressed a lot in the way that I carried myself, the way that I dressed, the way that I styled my hair, like my actual self-expression was stifled. And I felt really lost in that. Mm-hmm. And other people, maybe you're in a career that you don't want to be in. Maybe you live in a part of the country that you don't want to live in. Maybe you're in a relationship that you know you shouldn't be in. Mm-hmm. We do these things to appease others, mm-hmm. especially our parents. Mm-hmm. And we can't live our lives. We shouldn't, can't, I don't know. I don't want to live my life for somebody else. Mm-hmm. It's exhausting. Right. So that's what Bone Keeper is about in a nutshell. Mm. <laughs> and in that, in that process, like you have so much juiciness in like the people you're going to bring into your life, into your, in the people you're going to bring into your podcast that are people in your life and I mean, you've just got such incredible people coming in. Like, can you give a couple more examples? You have your friend, Rachel, that's the Ayurvedic practitioner. Mm -hmm. So we we talked about how Ayurveda can create balance in your life. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm talking to January Suarez next week. She, such a great name. She's such a kind, wonderful human. Um, I, I, I met her recently. So I've been doing spinal network chiropractics for the past couple of years. And that has really helped change a lot of stories in my life from my emotions running my life to me being in control of my emotions and taking back the steering wheel. Mm. And that came from spinal network care. And she also does timeline therapy, which I'm going to let her explain. It's phenomenal stuff. And the results that I've gotten from that, the impact I've maybe had like 10 appointments with her. Mm. She's just changed my life. Dang. I'm meeting with my friend Kate glass who she does uh, a stra- uh, astrological cartography. Okay, good. I'm glad you're talking about mm-hmm. that. Can you mention what that is real quick? Because I've actually done two astro cartography sessions with Sharu up in Nevada City, and it was fascinating. So I would love for you to just take a moment to share what that is. So it's, to my understanding... We, we all know what astrology is and you've got your birth chart. You've got the places that the planets are at from the moment of birth and how that impacts your personality and your life. Cartography is from the moment that you were born, these planets then have like a trajectory throughout your lifetime. Mm-hmm. And they're going to cut across the hemispheres in a particular way throughout the year. So like, maybe you live in, so for me, I'm from the East coast. Mm -hmm. Um, and I have a lot of struggles over there. I moved over here Mm -hmm. and very quickly Mm -hmm. my friend group grew. Yeah. I got settled into a a better place of home. Yeah. My job just flourished. It's easier Mm -hmm. for me to make money over here. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Jupiter, Venus, and Mercury run down the coast of San Diego for me. Mm. Right. And so once I saw that, I was like, oh my gosh, of course, Interesting. And so the planets have different influences on different aspects of our lives. And if you're looking for love and the planets that are sitting in the particular houses that govern your like um, 
romantic love life, maybe they're going, maybe it's over Europe. Right. And you're looking for love in all the wrong places or literally, literally. So yeah, just to interject really quick, because we skipped over that part, the astro cartography part from my understanding is that you get to learn where are the places in the world where the planets align in a better place Mm -hmm. for your personal chart and where are the places where it might be more difficult. So I had a similar experience. I grew up in Northern California And what I found is that um, Mars or Mercury or something was always moving underground for me in Northern California in my astrocartography. And that was my experience over and over and over again. I would build my business, I'd build my empire, and then it would just get pulled out from under me through, you know, the forest fires up north or some other issues would come up and then I would have to start again. And it was Mm -hmm. so frustrating. And then also like dating, it was just like something would just get off the ground and then it would just be pulled out from under me and it was just so grievance inducing Mm -hmm. if that's a grammatical term I can use I'll take it all right that's you got you guys get the drift Mm -hmm. right so when I moved so I had astrocartography reading and what they said is that for me it was more neutral in southern California it's not like incredible but at least I get to use my own drive here mm-hmm. you know and so I've just really been honing in on like self-care and learning my own energies here and been feeling like I've been able to um thrive in a deeper way here um it's funny you mentioned Europe um that's my little reminder that we do need to end soon so you can just snooze it if you heard a little chime in the background that's what that was always on 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 d'angelo my my alarm's always set to d'angelo it's the best way to wake up and it's the best way to remind myself just transition because i don't like transitions (laughs) anyhow (laughs) europe over portugal was like everything lines up for me love career what's the other big one home all these things line up for me really perfectly there you need to go to portugal i went and i fucking loved lisbon like could live there in a heartbeat and then the pandemic happened Mm. so we'll see so 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 katie yes um i went to ayurvedic school with her katie glass yep katie glass i went to ayurvedic school with her and she studies Vedic, studies, practices Vedic astrology. She's also just Ayurvedic. It's okay. We have time. We have a moment. We were talking about, she, she got a reading from one of our teachers. Yeah. We have two teachers, Ryan Strong, who does Vedic astrology in the sidereal and Ryan Kirsak, who does Vedic astrology in the tropical. If you know, you know, if you don't, you don't, it's fine. And she got a reading from one of them. And I don't want to like share too much about it, but there are a handful of things that she's struggled with and identity in her life. Oh. And he was just like, well, yeah, they're right here. They're right here in your chart. No kidding. And, and I want to bring her on because that I am almost going to cry because I got a reading. I've gotten a reading from both of them and the things that they've told me, the validation wow. of who I am as a human being that I've gotten from these Vedic astrology readings that are like to have somebody say, well, your cancer placement is here. So yes, you are going to be an individual that likes, like it is heavy on your heart to be an individual that shares. 
you are a talker. You are built to be a talker. You're built to be a podcaster. And then to have people my whole life tell me that I talk Uh, too much. And then to have this astrologer say, well, not even knowing that story and just be like, well, cancer is here, which means this is supported. And she had a similar thing happen with other things in her life. And that validation to be told, Mm. yeah, this is, this is what you were meant to be. Oh, that would bring me to tears too. That's so validating. So I know there are other types of guests that you're going to be bringing onto your show, but I want to talk to you a little bit about roller skating because that is life for you. And that's Mm -hmm. such a joy. And we still have about five or seven minutes. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. So it started in my early twenties when I did roller derby, I did roller derby in Atlanta. Woo! Fun. And I skated at stone mountain. And I remember seeing these guys with their, with their roller skates with like the tongues folded down and they were fuzzy like this on the inside and they weren't even laced and they were doing like, they would like skate on two wheels. And I was, I was like, Oh my, cause we, we would be at open skate to practice. And I'm like, these guys are going to break their ankles. And I always wanted to go, but I was in my early twenties. I just moved from Florida and I was a little nervous, honestly, in Atlanta, very apparent that when it got to be a certain time, like too late in the afternoon, I would look around and be like, Oh, I'm the only white person in here. And And so you were worried about how the optics of how it was for you to stay because you didn't want to feel like you were like encroaching on black spaces or there's so much, I mean, I was in my early twenties and I didn't quite know how to handle the socialness of it. Yeah. Cause um, I know you're a very conscious person. Yeah. And so just to be clear, it's, you know, it, it, in the conversations that you and I have had, you've been very conscientious about like how, what, what your presence means in certain right. spaces. And, and then also, you know, we've had conversations in the past about having to unlearn uh, racism. Yeah, I mean, I grew up in South Florida, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. It like strongly exists down there. And you don't realize what gets in until you leave. And then you're like, oh, I can't say these things. And it's embarrassing. It's like deeply embarrassing. To check yeah, and, and, and you, in your process of checking yourself mm-hmm. and filtering through and re-examining like, who you want to be and who you want to right yeah and these these this is based on conversations that tay and i have had in the past so i know some of her backstory around this and so it's so i basically so i i just kind of got like slapped in the face with a lot of stuff that i didn't know how to handle or walk around so i never stayed i never talked to anybody but i i was kind of infatuated with what it was and then i quit derby i quit derby because of injury 10 years go by the pandemic happens. I still have my roller skates. Roller skating is getting popular. I'm seeing it on Instagram. I move out here. I put my old derby skates on mm-hmm. skate around for a little bit. Finally buy a pair of moxies, which is like the, you know, the cool funky brand, um, went out to Liberty station, which is an area that in the winter has an ice skating rink. So it's this really wonderful, I like rink sized slate of concrete. That's Mm -hmm. smooth. Yeah. In San Diego, downtown Diego. Mm -hmm. And the people are amazing. And so I ended up upgrading my roller skates again. And now I skate in Rydell 172 custom OGs. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I love, love them. They're my babies. 
I have skated anywhere between seven to four days a week for the past year. Yeah. I've learned a lot and I do rhythm skating. I'm really into JB style, mm-hmm. um, which is influenced from James Brown. I just love it. it. It's the roller skating community is so powerful to me because everyone is different. We have races, religions, genders, sexual orientations, backgrounds, careers. I mean, I skate with nurses, tattoo artists, mothers. I skate with 17 year olds and 75 year olds. Yeah. And they all have great taste in music too. It's I've gone to a couple of the events with you and it's mm -hmm. such a great community of people. And I have to personally say, and I know you feel this way too. I really love being, um, one of the few white people in the room, I feel more comfortable in spaces where there's that sort of um, scenario. I just, it's an, I get, I get the heebie jeebies when I'm in a room with too many white people. I'm like, Oh, what kind of cult is going on here? <laughs> I'd rather be in the multi-culty. Well, it than, creates and some weird. Yeah. Anyhow, y'all know what I mean. A really, it's such a kind community yeah. where we're all supporting and teaching each other yeah. when somebody is new it's not like you look at them with their like cheap roller skates and they don't know what to do instead it's like mm-hmm. oh I see that you still have your toe stops on we should take them off let me teach you how to like do these things yeah. do you know how to fall can you turn around yet like yeah like come over here meet everyone like let's um it's a little different if you go to the rink because that's paid skate time and there is a lot of rink etiquette and skate knowledge but for the most part we're all there for the same reason we all have the same sickness and we just want to skate and so the we get the sickness <laughs> um we all, we all have the same mental health problems and we're skating them out uh, <laughs> it's it's changed my life the people have changed i feel more supported i have some of the best friends mm-hmm. that i've ever had um i had to move in the middle of the night over the summer, I just lit, lit roommates in San Diego is complicated. And I had seven people on short notice within two hours show up. And five of those seven people were from the skate community. And I'd only wow. known them for a month. And they were like, Oh, you need help. Totally. Wow. Showed up, took a car full of my stuff somewhere. Like beautiful. It's wow. we celebrate people's birthdays. We celebrate people's accomplishments. We lift each other up. Somebody gets hurt. Like it's we, there's so much love and care and kindness. And I'm in the best shape of my life. Yeah, you're, you've got legs of steel, woman. So press news one more time and hand me that phone, por favor. Um, I do have music students coming up in a one minute. <laughs> Real quick, let, me, let us know what the uh, skate community um, names are. So that uh, like some of the places people can tap into San Diego state skate community. It's- and then we'll maybe drop some links of some other resources for that later. So Liberty Station is where I love to skate, but um, Skate World in Linda Vista in San Diego is a really good spot. I mean, we skate downtown. There is, if you look up on Instagram, there is Sunset Roller Skate. There's Sunset, yeah, Sunset Roller Skate. There's an Oceanside community. There's the Free Skate Friday community. Mm-hmm. And then I would follow the Epic Rollertainment Rink. I would follow Skate World. Mm-hmm. There's 
up in LA, you've got the skaters in Venice, you've got Chino and Fountain Valley. Mm-hmm. I think that that's all of it. If you are looking for people, there's Derek Purnell, there's Oso oh Precious, uh, Dreso Suave, um, Sweet Monet. Oh my gosh, Derby United. I can't believe I almost forgot Derby United. Um, yeah, that, I mean, okay. the, you're under pressure. I the gave you one minute warning. <laughs> the community is gigantic. If you follow just a handful of those people yeah. or those things, cross pollinate stuff will start popping up. Yep. And there are so many people. Mm-hmm. The community is huge. Yeah. And there's a group, there's like, look up the San Diego roller ghouls. Goals, ghouls, ghouls. It's a bunch Ooh. of like really sweet women. They're super into goth and like, I don't know, like Depeche mode. Oh, like, Depeche mode. <laughs> it's there's a community for everyone. There's the truly girls, the girls that skate the beach and drink trulys. There's like the hippie dippy girls that listen to disco all the time. And then there's like us, like ratchet girls that listen to like old nineties rap and shake drop, our booties. Trow. It's there's everything. The, the Free Skate Friday guys love Jason Mraz. I'm coming in for the, the, the trailer outro hug. I love you. I love you. I'm so glad. Thank you so much. Aww. We're having this a Joe so Rogan fantastic. moment. Aww. So check out Bonekeeper. Just Bonekeeper podcast. Okay. You can find me there. Bye, dears. We'll see you all on the flip side. Ooh.